Welcome to Warriors Off Court, the San Francisco Chronicles NBA podcast. I'm your host, Connor Letourneau, and today I'm joined by Wes Goldberg, host of the popular Locked On Warriors podcast. During our conversation, we broke down the Warriors' play-in loss to the Lakers and looked ahead to Friday's elimination game against the Grizzlies. Wes, thank you so much for joining me back on the podcast. We're talking late on Wednesday night, uh, about an hour or so removed from what was an absolutely epic uh, game. The playing game between the Warriors and the Lakers came down to the final couple minutes. What's going to be remembered from this game is that 30-foot dagger from LeBron with about a minute to go. Uh, Lakers pull this one out 103 to 100. What just there's so much to get into with this game, but what are your big takeaways? Um, my big takeaway, honestly, is and, and maybe I'm just an optimist at heart. Uh, I was impressed with the Warriors, like in all seriousness. I mean, this was a, a this is the defending champions at full strength, and whatever you want to say about LeBron's ankle and and the fact that they're still working in some new players and whatever. Like, you had LeBron James on the court in a high-stakes game. You had Anthony Davis on the court in a high-stakes game. Anthony Davis, who, by the way, was probably the best player in the playoffs last year, right, outside of, like, Jay Crowder for some reason. Um, I, I The fact that the Warriors did this, took them down to the wire, and it took a LeBron James impossible three-pointer to beat the Warriors on their own home floor, um, I think speaks volume volumes of golden state i think it speaks volumes of steph who just probably faced the toughest defense he's he's faced all year and i don't i don't say that in hyperbole connor 37 points on 12 for 23 shooting six of nine from three point range and he had to work for every freaking one of those shots over his 41 minutes i mean he had to work so hard and he had to hit so many tough shots i mean he had a step back three-pointer at the end of the first half that gave golden state a 13 point lead that obviously they ultimately gave up but um, I just, I, I came away really impressed with the Warriors. I know this, this loss stings for Warriors fans right now, but, but they have a chance on Friday against the team they beat on Sunday and, and, but even whatever happens in that game, it's just this team, this team found something and, and I don't think they lose the momentum that they built over the last court, the, like the final 20 games of the regular season. Yeah. At, at, at the end of the day, they lost the game, but they played well, most of the game. Yes, they, they had some some moments in that third quarter. They had eight turnovers in the third quarter. Um, but I honestly attribute a lot a lot of that to the Lakers being a really good team and turning it on when it mattered. Um, you know, as as ugly of a first half as LeBron and Anthony Davis had, you had to know that they were gonna figure it out in that second half. There was no way that they were gonna they were gonna be that hamstrung by Andrew Wiggins and Draymond for the entire game. And so they did what great players do. They regrouped at halftime. They made some adjustments. And, you know, one of the greatest players of all time hit a high-level shot when it mattered most. And, and so it was so, that was such a good shot. And I know the Warriors fans shot. don't want to hear this, and, but oh, my uh, God. It's unfortunate and- for Steph because Steph had a, a great game. You know, he – he had 37 points. He had 11 points in the in the fourth quarter, um, but you know he wasn't. He didn't have the ball in his hands in a couple critical sequences late, and I think he missed an 11 footer with about two minutes to go. But like mm. ultimately, it's going to be 
LeBron's game. It's going to be the, the the game that is remembered for that shot. And so, and Anthony uh, Davis, Anthony Davis had 13 points in the of his 25 in the fourth quarter. So you know he deserves some credit too. And that's when the Lakers are at their best. That's sort of their formula is Anthony Davis just kind of takes care of the middle parts of the game, and LeBron keeps everybody in check, gets everybody involved. Right, he had 10 assists to go along with his 22 points, 11 rebounds as well. He get, he just gets everybody involved and. LeBron took 17 shots tonight. Like Andrew Wiggins took more shots than LeBron James tonight, right? That that's sort of been LeBron since he's been dealing with this ankle injury. That's kind of been his MO. He's he's taking he's taking fewer shots instead of averaging like 27 points a game. He's averaging closer to 22 to 25. That's a big difference, you know, for these Lakers who don't get a ton of scoring from other places outside of him and and Anthony Davis, but that's their formula when they're playing at their best. Is Anthony Davis kind of carries them through the game scoring-wise. LeBron gets everybody else involved and then takes takes over at the end. Uh, I don't I, I I need to go back and watch this game maybe, but I'm not entirely sure what the adjustment that the Lakers made was in the second half, other than the fact that the Warriors just started turning the ball over a bunch in the third quarter and lost a lot of momentum. And you know, you want to give some credit to the Lakers defense, or you know, a lot of credit to the Lakers defense, I suppose, especially for the first half. And and keeping the Warriors to just 100 points overall. But uh, a lot of those turnovers, eight of their 20 turnovers were care- were in the third quarter, and a lot of them were just careless. Yeah, no, it, it, it felt like they got lazy, which is uh, – maybe lazy is not the right right the right word, but they just lost focus. And Well, th- this kind of – I wanted to ask this question in postgame, but I couldn't really figure out how to do it. Um, Steph says – you know, he was talking about what he wants to tell his team going into Friday's game. He said, just have fun with it. Don't don't feel so much pressure. Like you have to make every shot or, you know, have everything perfectly choreographed or anything. But I kind of feel like in this game, they should have had everything perfectly choreographed and should have felt that pressure, especially in that third quarter. Like, how do you strike that balance between playing with this joy that they always talk about and playing loose the way they always talk about while also staying focused and making sure that you're not just throwing the ball away? Like, I, I don't know. I don't I don't. Maybe it's easy, but I just I feel like these young guys on this team might have a hard time with that. And it's a little bit of mixed messaging, no? Yeah, no, it's it is a lot of mixed messaging, but I feel like that there's been a lot of mixed messaging this season, right? I mean, it's just partly because they've been all over the place. But um to me, tonight just kind of reinforced in a in a in a, in a certain way, it reinfor- it reinforced why the playing tournament is fun, right? Because I know Warriors fans are probably a little frustrated right now because in a normal in a normal year, you'd be in the first round of the playoffs right now and you'd have a best of seven series to, to rebound from this. But now the Warriors are facing an elimination game on Friday against a good Memphis team that they just beat is going to be super motivated to get some revenge on them and move on to the, to the first round. Um, but, you know, I think it, it kind of makes it more fun, right? Because this was an epic game and it's even more epic because the stakes are heightened because it is, you know, kind of a March Madness feel. No doubt it's fun, right? And, and you know, I have some, I have my issues with the TV ratings reporting that is coming out of the NBA. Oh my God. You know, Boston, Washington, no two teams that nobody really wanted to watch in the first place had the most ratings, you know, most views out of any game this season. Well, it was the only game on, 
at that time. So if you if every game was just had a, a was showcased as the only game happening, I bet you would have great ratings for any marquee matchup throughout the season. But that's a whole different topic. I do think that they got what they wanted out of this game, though, out of Warriors Lakers, out of Steph versus LeBron. I mean, it just felt like everybody was watching. Everybody was talking about it. Everybody that I knew who were not even basketball fans were watching this and texting me throughout the game saying what a great game it was. So it was a moment, but I think it was a moment because it was Steph versus LeBron in a, in, in a, you know, a constructed, a game constructed to have stakes and it's, it wasn't quite playoffs, but it's something more than regular season. But, you know, I think a lot of people are still sort of confused by exactly what the playing tournament is and might think that the Warriors are actually out of it when they're not, because they could play on Friday, but whatever, who cares? Like rules be damned. Nobody cares about them. There was, they, they, there was stakes attached to this game. It was a huge stage with the biggest stars in literally, literally the two biggest stars in the game. Nobody has more Instagram or Twitter followers than LeBron and Steph Curry. Um, and, uh, and I think what you, and, and, and the game delivered, right. It wasn't a blowout one way or the other. Um, it was a thrilling game and uh, we're, we're not going to see this matchup in the playoffs probably. And this might end up being kind of the best game of the playoffs. If we want to consider it the playoffs. We'll have more of my conversation with Wes Goldberg right after the break. How anticlimactic would it be if, you know, the Warriors have a, have a tough time rebounding emotionally from this game? Because this, this game was hard fought. It was emotional. Um, and then they go out and kind of lay a dud, lay an egg on Friday against Memphis, and then their season's over. I mean – I feel like given how they've played the past five weeks, that would just be so unfortunate, uh, especially for guys like Steph and Draymond. And look, ultimately, I don't really think the first round of the playoffs matter. Um, You know, there isn't a world where the Warriors are going to beat Utah in the first round. Like you can be the biggest Warriors homer in the world and you can't honestly believe that they're going to be a loaded jazz team and a best of seven series. They're just not, even if Steph goes out of his mind and almost every game that he plays, they're not going to win that series. I still think that they almost owe it to Steph and Draymond to at least get there to get to the real playoffs. Cause I don't know if you've had this problem in your writing, but like, I don't even know if to, if I can call this the postseason. I guess technically it is, but it's not the playoffs. And yeah, so, I don't, I, I call like it the weird. Semantics. I call it. I call it the postseason because it is technically after the regular season, but it's not the playoffs. Like this is not the playoffs. And, and look for anybody that argues that this is the playoffs, the statistics don't count towards your playoff stats and they don't count to your regular season. These stats just like this 37 point game for Steph Curry just goes into nowhere. LeBron's game winning three pointer doesn't exist after tonight. Like it just, it does, it goes into nowheresville. Like it doesn't exist in his stats. Like you, 10 years from now, you're not going to go, be, you're not going to be able to find LeBron's game winning three in the stats. You're going to have to get like a top shot of it or something. And that's going to be like the only record of it. Um, but yeah, it's not the postseason. But I, I agree with you. They owe it to Steph and Draymond to make it to the playoffs. But more so, I think they owe it to guys like Wiggins and Juan Descano Anderson and Jordan Poole because getting them in a playoff series, I think, would tell you a lot about them, right? Because Jordan Poole and Juan Descano Anderson, right? They step up against Memphis on Sunday in a playoff type atmosphere right but it was a it was a regular season game at the end of the day and it wouldn't really have meant all that much right had the Warriors lost against Memphis they'd still be playing on Friday right and so 
And they'd probably be playing Memphis on Friday, just in Memphis instead of in Golden State. Um, I I was a little disappointed with how guys like Poole and Descano Anderson showed up. Like both of those guys had decent second quarters, but Poole ended up with 10 points on nine shots. Descano Anderson was a minus seven, which was just behind Ken Bazemore on a minus eight in the box score. I mean, he had a tough matchup all night, so you hate to put that all on one, but uh, I didn't think either of those guys uh, necessarily stepped up. The one guy who did step up was Andrew Wiggins, 21 points on 10 of 18 shooting and just unbelievable defense on LeBron James all night, like making it really hard for LeBron. I, I, I mentioned LeBron's just taking 17 shots. There was a reason for that, and that's because Wiggins was not letting him shoot in the first half at all. And that's not, again, that's not an exaggeration, but um, I think if you can get those guys in a playoff series, it would, it would help not only tell you a lot about them, but also give them the experience that they need in order to be more familiar with a playoff setting for next year. Uh, But you're right. Like even if it it would probably just be four, maybe five games against Utah, if they end up beating Memphis on Friday. But I want to ask you about that. Like, I still think that there's gonna be a lot of fans sort of penciling in the warriors and the jazz in that first round beat it. The Grizzlies are a good team and they led the Spurs by like 30 points in the first half at one point or something tonight. Yeah. And they ended up beating them by only four points and the Spurs came on strong at the end, but that was maybe just a, de- a team desperate for the end of their season. And I think a lot of people thought that the Spurs would just sort of roll over, but I just don't know why you would ever think a Greg Popovich team would just roll over. Like that guy wants yeah. to win more than anybody. Um, and, and John Morant had, a ridiculous game 20 points on eight for 20 shooting like he wasn't very efficient but man he just he he kind of forced the issue the entire night like in a good way like he put his imprint on that game and then dylan brooks had a, a game high 24 points and he was just an animal 23 points and 23 rebounds from Jonas valanciunas those guys just gotta win they're confident they just saw these warriors and we know that they're well coached uh i i'm not I, i'm not gonna just if you're the Warriors, you cannot overlook Memphis on Friday. That's all I'm saying. Uh, yeah, you can't overlook Memphis. Your season depends on not overlooking Memphis. I mean, but you, but you said like there's there might be an emotional letdown there. I don't think they practice. First of all, I don't think the Warriors practice on Thursday. The only thing that the only thing that has st- stopped Steph this year has just been exhaustion of his own body. Do we think? And this is the only question and the key question, Connor. Do we think that after what he just did in 41 minutes facing that, those double teams and working as hard as he did for every single one of those 41 minutes, do you think that he's going to be able to recover? In, is 48 hours enough is what is my question. Is 48 hours enough for Steph to get back to where he needs to be? Especially considering uh, Dylan Brooks is waiting for him. I, I think it is. I, if I'm Steve, I would do like a Zoom call or maybe an in-person meeting tomorrow, but I would not have any like formal practice uh you know i would go over the game plan i would kind of i would kind of try to do some prep work verbally on the grizzlies before you actually have you know a shoot around or whatever on friday um because it is such an important game but yeah they do need to to rest Steph and and even draymond draymond was over five from the field tonight um and i know his offense isn't what matters but there were moments where it felt like he was he was exerting so much defensively that he, he wasn't, you know, he didn't have his legs when he was shooting. Um, One guy who we haven't talked about yet, who I was incredibly impressed by tonight. Once again, was Kavon Looney. Yeah. Uh, Kavon had 13 rebounds. I thought a big question entering the game was what Andre Drummond would do on the glass. 
uh, specifically the offensive glass. He's kind of a similar player in some ways to Jonas Valanciunas, who, you know, killed the Warriors on the boards on Sunday and got a bunch of points. Um, I thought that Drummond had a chance to have a similar night against the Warriors, just given how small they were. But Kavon just took him out of the game. You know, Drummond was kind Mm -hmm. of a non-factor tonight. He only had four points, seven rebounds. And Kavon had 13 rebounds. Uh, I think all of those, or, or the vast majority of those, at least in the first half. Um, I think a and, lot. I think most of them were in the first quarter. I think he had like 10 of them in the first quarter. Yeah, just just another example of his value doing doing the dirty work. And you know, I think the fact that we're taking this long into the pod to even mention him says a lot because he is so unsung in a lot of ways. Um, but I. Uh, I really appreciate what he brings. And you've said on this podcast before that you think he should start uh, next season over Wiseman once Wiseman comes back. Yeah. I I'm starting to agree with you. Um, I think that tonight was another example of why that should be the case. You learn a lot about guys in these situations. This wasn't technically the playoffs, but it might as well be just in terms of the stakes. I mean, arguably the stakes are even higher than an actual playoff game because you have, Mm -hmm a seven game series as opposed to, you know, this setup where you you need to win or out to stay off in an elimination game. Um, and no, I think another thing we, I think another thing we learned from this game too is, you know, you mentioned guys like Kavon, we've talked about everybody on the bench, basically. Um, they still only play eight guys and they yeah. have more than eight guys available, right? Like Eric Pascal is there. Jordan Bell is there. Gary Payton II is there, and we haven't seen him since they signed him to a rest of season contract. So I'm not really sure what the plan is with Gary Payton. Uh, like, if you're not going to play him, I don't really know why you're spending the money on him. But uh, the Lakers played 10. No, uh, one, two, three. Yeah, 10 guys, five guys off the bench. And, and that kind of stuff matters, right? Like, the Lakers are such a physical team. They're so physical and they just make you work for everything. And that's why they're so good. Like they just grind out these games. And the big question everybody had going into this game was whether or not the Warriors could score enough. But part of that is not just, you know, getting up shots, which the Lakers, you know, give, give, make a hard time of, but it's just like having the energy in like the final few minutes. And it was just so clear that even LeBron who, you know, probably was exaggerating with the eye injury a little bit. Uh, and at Anthony Davis and these guys had the juice at the end that the that Golden State just didn't have. And when your second best player, Draymond Green, goes 0 for 5 overall and is a non-factor offensively. And by the way, again, I, you don't want to put it all on Draymond. Anthony Davis did a great job of basically cutting off the only way Draymond scores, which is that fake dribble handoff. Anthony Davis was so ready for that the entire game. Like he cut that off literally every single time Draymond tried to get to it. He tried to get to it about once a quarter. Um but I don't know. I, you wonder whether or not they could have gotten something out of guys like Pascal or Bell or Peyton, or maybe if you don't get anything out of them, maybe you just play them for a few minutes to give other guys a breather. Like Jordan Poole just didn't have any juice at the end. Toscano Anderson didn't have any juice at the end. I just, I wonder if, if play, if going a little bit deeper on the bench would help them, maybe not against Memphis on Friday, but if they do beat Memphis in a playoff series, like if it's against Utah, Utah is similarly physical to the Lakers, right? Like you can't win that series or even extend that series playing eight dudes. I just don't see it. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I think I think that Steve has a tendency to get a little stubborn at times. Like he 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 he'll he'll decide that something works and then he'll kind of get tunnel vision with it. Um, where and it's like, look, 
that eight man rotation has worked for you, but that doesn't mean that you shouldn't, you shouldn't be open to making an adjustment and ex- expanding, expanding the, the bench. I'm not necessarily sure they needed to do that tonight, to be honest, but I'm just more speaking in generalities and, and, and looking well, at it's it. a, it's a little bit like people. a world. It's like a world series matchup with your pitchers, right? Like it's that age old question. Do you just burn them out in one game to try to go up a game? and risk that like risk your, you know, mid reliever or your closer being tired for the next game. Like that's it. That's it. I, I don't, it's hard to answer what that question would be. I guess we'll find out on, on Friday, how tired they look against Memphis. But, you know, I do think in a playoff series, it, it's sort of weird, right? Like you want to play your best guys. And I understand, by the way, I understand Steve's logic there. Like the only way to winning this game was kind of doing it the way the Warriors did. Uh, they tried to push the tempo. They tried to get as much as they could out of their eight best players. Um, but in a playoff series, I think that you almost weirdly, it it sounds counterintuitive, but you kind of have to play some of your worst guys, maybe early on in the series, just to make sure that those, like some of your best guys are more fresh towards the end of that series. But, you know, maybe I'm getting ahead of myself. I don't know. So kind of, kind of looking ahead a little bit, what do you, what do you think is going to happen Friday? Like what's your gut tell you? Do you think that they, that they, you know, take this one on the chin and come out inspired Friday and just blow them off the court? Do you think that there's a little bit of an emotional hangover? Um, What do you think happens? I don't know if it's just because we're an hour removed from the game and they looked so tired and beaten down by the end of it, but Memphis is going to make them work. And Dylan Brooks made Steph work for everything on Sunday. And Dylan Brooks is going to do it again on Friday. And I think we saw it like, you needed 40 plus from Steph just to beat Memphis kind of. And 37 wasn't enough. Like, again, it was against the Lakers granted, and maybe you 37 from Steph against the Grizzlies is enough, but I, 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 I have my doubts that this team will be ready. I mean, you got to look LA to San Francisco is not a tough trip. You and I have done it a hundred times, but um, <laughs> you still have to travel back on you know, on an off day, I don't know what you do if you practice or not, but you're going to have to do something right. Like you have to shake off this loss somehow. So you're going to get some, some sort of on-court work, whether it's a late night practice or an early morning shoot around on Friday. And then, and you have to kind of do this with the emotional hangover, like you were talking about, like, it's not going to be the same sort of feeling, you know, playing against John Morant versus uh, for the second time in a week versus playing LeBron. So maybe there is emotional letdown and then just physically, I just feel like this team has got to be exhausted because it's been the same eight guys doing this every single night, every other night for the last month. I, I don't know. I really don't. I I don't know what to expect. I expect, I expect basically Friday's game to be much tougher than Sunday's game was. I think that's fair enough. Yo, and Sunday's game was tough for the majority of Mm -hmm. it. Um, I mean, they had, they pulled away late, but in large part because Devin Booker fouled out of the game. Um, I'm sure that Devin Booker or sorry, Devin Booker, uh, Dylan Brooks fouled out of the game. Yeah. Uh, but I'm sure Dylan Brooks is going to do everything he can to stay on the floor that entire game on Friday. And, um, you know, it's going to be fascinating. I said entering Sunday's game that I felt like it was a toss up. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that in some ways Memphis is a bad matchup for the Warriors in terms of what they do well. Um, yes, they, yeah. yes, the Warriors won on Sunday, but, I think that um, it's entirely possible that things that were effective for them 
on Sunday won't be effective for them Friday. Keep in mind, a lot of things went the Warriors' way Friday to pull out that win, especially in as convincing fashion as they won it. Almost everyone played well. Andrew Wiggins, uh, you know, had a really efficient 21. Draymond Green was, you know, facilitator to the max and a yeah. defensive. And he, had, and he had 14 points in that game, too. Yeah, Juan Descano Anderson was all over the place. Jordan Poole came off the bench and did what he needed to do. I mean, like, everyone played their role in, in that game. I thought it was actually one of the better played games the Warriors have had all season. Well, and, and yeah. this game aside, you, you can't just expect that they can – replicate that uh you know things change and they're and you know the Warriors are going to have plenty of motivation but I'm pretty sure that Memphis is going to have uh tons of motivation to come out and avenge that avenge that loss and I think you have to keep in mind too that the part of the reason that tonight's loss hurt the Warriors so badly and why you why they were so visibly frustrated was not just because you know, of the way they lost it. It wasn't just because of the, of the stage and, and the LeBron three-pointer and all that. It was because they had basically been working for the past five-plus weeks for this moment. They had been eyeing that eight spot for this exact reason. They had been eyeing the eight spot so that they could have two chances to, to win one game in the playing tournament. And then you know, it's almost like that is all take is all, that all that's moot pretty much now. Yes. They're going to, they're going to host the game Friday, which, I, which is a testament to them being number number eight in the West, but you know, they, st- they still have to play that second game, which is what they would have had to do uh, if they were the nine, yeah. nine spots. So yeah. And, and, and on the flip hurts. And on the flip side, the Grizzlies are coming off of a win. Right. And so, weirdly this almost works against golden state you could argue like this was the if memphis were to make the playoffs this was like the best route like memphis never had to play the lakers right right and so in some respect this might have been easier for memphis because they they win against san antonio in a game that came down to the wire granted but whatever and then you get to play the team that you just played on sunday so you're feeling fresh and maybe you have like your adjustments ready to go and by the way, in that game, the Grizzlies went six of 25 from three-point range, 24% versus 15 for 39 from the, from the Warriors at the 39%. So, you know, chances of Memphis shooting – like Memphis is the, the 24th best three-point shooting team in the league, so sixth worst three-point shooting team in the league. So that could happen again. That's not out of the realm of possibility, but uh, I would imagine that that doesn't happen twice in a week. But, uh, yeah, you almost wonder if, like, the Grizzlies – coming off of a win and the Warriors coming off of a brutal physical loss. If it almost favors the Grizzlies, despite that game being played at chase center. Yeah. You know, just, just, I'm going to, I'm going to force you to, to give me an answer though. I'm sorry. I'm going to, cause I, I asked you a question. What do you think is going to happen? And you're basically saying, you don't know. I, said, you, I think it's going to be a tough game. I think that's, what's going to happen. What are you talking who's gonna about? Who's going to win though? I don't know. Well, you know, we're we're I'm asking you to make a prediction, so you got to say say one. All right, fine. If I have to make a prediction, I guess I would put my if I had to put a hundred dollars on it. Let me put it that way. So I'm not going to give you a prediction because I don't like making predictions. Um, but if I had to put money on it, I would put money on the Warriors. Uh, I just think that Steph, Draymond, Derek, and Kavon, and Steve Kerr, that collective group, their experience in a game seven type of situation, right? Um, Lends itself to uh, beating Memphis. 
Uh, the Grizzlies don't have that sort of experience. Steph Curry, I looked this up, by the way, two and two in game sevens in his career. So it can go either way, I guess. But yeah, uh, I, I would pick I would if I had to if I had to put hundred dollars on the game, I'd put it on the Warriors. I'm going to put it on the Warriors, too. I think it'll be a really close game, but I, I'm going to put it on the Warriors solely for this Steph and Draymond factor. I just think they're going to if 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 push comes to shove, I think they're going to put their foot down and say, we're not. We're not going out like this. We're not going out in the freaking playing tournament. We're at least going to say we made the playoffs. Like you. Well, if they lose, they will say they made the playoffs. Just so you know, every team that loses in the playing tournament will say that they made the playoffs. Playing tournaments, not the playoffs, though. As you, as you, you touched upon, that. as you touched upon earlier, it, the stats of this game go into this weird void, which, which is a really fascinating thing when you think about it. We need to figure this out. It, it, they might as well just call it part of the playoffs so that you can at least count the stats in a, in a way that makes sense. Uh, it's, you know, it's not like in the NCAA tournament, they still count the stats from the playing games. Like, like they're a part of the tournament. Right. So right. it does seem weird to me that they're like not calling this the playoffs. Like might as well. Yes. It's, it's not the first I think round. they can I think what I think that's what they'll end up doing because I think this is starting to be an issue is because people love their stats right and you if they, yeah. I, this idea that you just don't count these counting stats like what do you mean you don't these are numbers how can you not count them I think retroactively what they'll do is they'll just add them into the playoff you know ledger or wherever I think it's just things. an example of them working out the kinks a little bit with a new a new thing. yeah if they decide if they decide to do it next year they'll like retroactively add these numbers into the playoff ledger. But if they decide to just get rid of the playing tournament, which I can't imagine that they'll do after the success of this one. No. But if they do, if for whatever reason, uh, they'll probably just say, you know what the hell with your 37 points stuff. Sorry about it. Tonight. I think solidified that they're going to keep the playing tournament around. Anyone who watched that game is going to want to keep the playing. Would you make around. any changes to it? Well, what we just talked about, um, but I'm not, I'm not sure. I'm not sure I'd make any changes beyond that. To be honest, I, I thought I already liked the playing tournament before tonight because it made last month way more fun. Made this past four weeks way more interesting, you know? And when you're talking about teams vying for the seventh and eighth spot in the, in the conference, that that's important, you know, like, that I think anything you can do to to add intrigue to the to the end of the season because as Steve talked about the other day, like the last month of the Warriors regular season, the past six years that he's been the coach of the Warriors have been ugly. Even when they were good, it you know it was it was tough at times for them to get up. You know, so that alone is enough of a reason for them to keep it around. Our thanks to Wes Goldberg for joining me on the podcast. Always appreciate his insight on the Warriors. Warriors Offcourt is a production of the San Francisco Chronicle. Support Warriors Offcourt in the newsroom that creates it by signing up for a Chronicle membership at sfchronicle.com slash pod. 